Howdy, welcome to the show. Mike here, uh, no microphone here today, so uh, it's not going to be, maybe my end's not going to be the best quality ever, but we're still going to bring it mm. with a great episode. So uh, we're talking about hiring rock star team members today. Uh, we're pretty excited about this because our team, as you may or may not know, uh, we'll have to tell you a little bit more about our team here in a future episode, but uh, we've really been growing a lot really since the start a couple of years ago. Um, but recently we've changed our team around, changed some roles around, brought on some new people. And we just really, really do have just an incredible team of people that just get things done, bring ideas to the table, are excited about the brand, are passionate about helping our students. And it's very cool. And so we've learned a lot of things about hiring over the years. And uh, we want to just give you some tips on how to get the best people on your team uh, whatever you do. So that way you can grow and you can go to the next level and you can take vacation or take a day off or whatever it needs to be. And having systems and a team in place are, are really how you pull that off in our opinion. Hiring people is a scary process. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm sure like a lot of people I know if they're solopreneurs right now, they're like, you say hire people and they're like, oh God, that sounds scary. I remember being very terrified the first time I hired somebody. Who's the first person, who's the first team member you hired? So my first team member was a guy named Alex Mullen, and he's a copywriter. He's a former FitPro kind of turned copywriter. And uh, if you remember, he actually, he's from Canada. He actually came, he was doing a tour through the US and he came and stayed at my house in Texas on, on that kind of leg of his trip. And it was right when we did the very first launch. Oh, of Facebook I remember Side that. Hustle. And it was okay. totally on accident. And so he actually, he was hanging out. We were grilling steaks, drinking bourbon, having a good time. And, but we we're like trying to get that thing launched. And so it's like 11 PM and he's like writing copy for us and like, just like throwing copy down on the cart and trying to help us get some things like in order for the next day. Uh, and I actually dropped him off at the airport right as we were launching. So like, I was like, he's like, good luck, man. And I dropped him off and he goes in the airport. And then my phone just started blowing up with sales the whole entire way home from that very first. Yeah. Because if you remember, it was like, we opened the cart and it was just like, boom, 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 boom. Like the phone just kept ringing. It was crazy. No, I definitely, I definitely remember that. Yeah. Yeah, It's crazy. I forgot that that had happened. How did we get, I don't want to get off topic, but like, how did we let that get to the last minute? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first launch is crazy. Well, if yeah. you remember, if you remember, we had like, you know, like I lost a bunch of my videos. So like I was re-recording videos oh, okay. like okay. the night before, you know, and that's why like there, you know, there was videos of like three in the morning of me recording. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a lot. We, we picked a date to motivate ourselves to get it launched and we were trying to do everything. And it's just, that's you know, great. think about how long it's taking us to launch 
agency growth accelerator now because right. we're not doing we're not like working until 2 a.m every night like we were that first yeah, that first product yeah and then if you fast forward to now and to get it back to this episode it makes you know it's like a pretty good transition we have people that run the launches for us like before like back in the day it was like yeah. just you and me scrambling all the time for a, for a lot of launches for a long time because there's a lot to put together and now it's mm-hmm. like the next the next launch of the course is already scheduled like emails are scheduled like everything is going to just happen and that's because we've brought on some pretty amazing people to help us but it's just kind of crazy how it's like bringing people on is a scary thing in your business when you first start doing it or it can be exciting too but i don't know i remember being a little bit scared of it but man it makes things so much easier because really if you look at what we used to do now like scrambling to do launches and survive every single time that we we launched right. a product um, now it just happens like the team just does it for us and it's it's great like this next launch that we have coming up it's the emails are already scheduled like everything's already good to go like sales page like everything's good and it's just because we've hired some great people to help us do that stuff and so now it's like we can we can focus on the bigger picture of the business and then things like you know, the launches or product creation and, or, you know, blog content, like all that stuff like happens kind of without us slowing it down now. So hiring people, even though for me, it was a little bit scary when I first started hiring people. And it, I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's also a little bit scary. I think it's always it, scary. Yeah. Yeah. It can totally, it can totally change your business. So I think this is a good episode. Uh, and we've really like, we've hired a bunch of people lately at LE, like you mentioned earlier, I've hired a bunch of people at Millennial Money Man. Um, so I've learned a whole lot about the process and I think I'm getting better at it because I didn't really know, you know, for the, for the longest time, I didn't really know what to do and I didn't have like a whole lot of direction on it. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think for me, it's scary hiring people cause you're paying money. You know, you're in a business where you, ha- you eat what you kill and like mm-hmm. you have to earn everything on your own, support your family. You know, it's not a guaranteed paycheck and all that. And then you're talking about like bringing somebody on and paying them and adding to your expenses and that could be scary. But it gives you so much leverage and it gives you the ability to really earn so more and accomplish so much more. But the hardest part to me is not the hiring. It's the giving things away to people, you know, and like offloading things. And that was something that with my personality, I've always had a hard time with, you know, I mean, really, I would even say like my agency, like going back, it's been, I think I hired Alex. I mean, I hired him before we started working together. So let's say three and a half to four years ago, even hiring him, you know, I waited so long to give him responsibility mm-hmm. and to now or like I, my team at the agency, probably they have more responsibility just in the last month than they've ever had before, you know, and it's just a constant, just like, cause I had, you go through periods of like, you, you try to step back and you, you know, maybe you step back too far. And then, you know, you got to step back and then you step back in and you step back in too far. You know, and it's kind of that concept that we just talked about on the last episode of like, you got to let your business break. I went through a lot of that where I would try to give things up and then something would break and I would realize we need more training here. We need a system here or whatever it may be. And then, but I would step too far back in and, you know, it's just this back and forth and back and forth until you really get at a good spot. It takes time. It takes a, it takes a lot of time. We've seen that with our businesses evolved and just our ability to let go of things and what we do. And uh, it's just, a, it's a learned thing, but you have to, you have to bite the bullet. You know, you have to hire that first person <laughs> yeah. um, in order to do it. And so I, th- I think it's just kind of, it's, it's just like committing to it. You know, it's like, it's like anything. Like, I think you just have to kind of rip the bandaid and realize it's not going to go perfect. 
Um, when you hire a person, it's probably going to be more time consuming early on because you got to train them. But if you just commit to it and say, Hey, I'm going to do this, the end result, you know, the having more time, getting more stuff done, you know, being able to take on more work, whatever it may be, it just, it is, it is so great. I mean, even just having one person, one virtual assistant, Mm -hmm. totally, totally change your business and your life because you're going to have so much more time for family, friends and Oh yeah, totally. And I think the biggest tip, cause I know we're probably gonna talk about some tips here. Like the biggest thing that's been helpful for me is the 30 day trial period. And this is something that Natalie Bacon, um, we're in a mastermind with her. She mentioned that she does this with everybody that she brings on. And so we started implementing that. And, uh, that is a, that is a solid, solid way to kind of take out some of the risk, not only for you, but for the person that you're hiring to make sure that it's a good fit in that, you know, that it makes sense to, uh, to bring that person on and that it's the right fit. So like for me, I just brought on a new assistant and we did the 30, we had a 30 day trial period and, we, you know, she was super cool with that. You know, we obviously we were good with that. So we ended up, it was such a good fit that we ended up just kind of like making it official after about like two and a half weeks or something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's something where you know, it's good to be able to kind of figure out like, okay, is this going to really be the right person for what I need? Like, does their skill set actually match what I need? Uh, do we work well together? Yeah. Does the personality cool? Which really like, if you want to fit in, I feel like at LE or Millennium Money Man, you just have to be able to use a bunch of gifts and memes and stuff. And then you'll probably, <laughs> you <laughs> you've got to, you've got to be able to move fast. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's the big thing with us is like you and I, when we, we don't always move fast because we have, there's been times where we haven't been able to, but we don't, you know, if anybody is slowing a project down, it needs to be you and me slowing the project down, not the team. Like, and that's been, you know, a problem at times. And so, you know, if you can, if you can move fast and if you bring ideas to the table, you know, that's, that's really big for us. But yeah, I think that 30 day thing has been huge because I think for me, one of the things that I've always struggled with is I hire somebody on and you're still feeling each other out. And so maybe I don't go like full, you know, balls to the wall. Like, here's everything I need you to do. Cause I don't want to like overwhelm that person and chase them off. But mm-hmm. then what's, what ends up happening is like when you bring somebody on and you don't just like give them everything, you start to feel guilty about giving them more to do, yeah. having them do the things you originally intended them to do down the line because you didn't give it to them early on. And at least for me, the 30 day period since we implemented that and Natalie's, you know, uh, recommendation, I've just been like, okay, for these 30 days, like we're going to throw everything at you. And if you don't like it, well, at least, you know, but if you're, you know, but if not, you know, we know, and it's like, it's right out of the gate. And a really good example of that was, was Rachel, like you were talking about doing the launches earlier and she came on and it was like, we had a launch right away. And so it was just like here's all the things I do. And you saying, here's all the things you do. And she was like, she documented it and turned it into a standard operating procedure. And then she like set everything up and was like having to get passwords for stuff and crushed it. But we, that first, I feel like that first probably two weeks she was with us, we flooded her, you know, like more so that, I mean, it's calmed down, but man, we just flooded her, but she did awesome. And, and she seems to love working, <laughs> working with us on it. So, uh, but I, that's been huge for me because I've always struggled with that of like, Oh, I don't want to like scare him off. But then, you know, later on, I feel guilty about giving them the rest. And so that, and you need to, you need to just like, they need to know what the job is right away. And I think it's nice having an out for both us. If that person's not going to work or them, if they're not going to want to work with us, because the last thing you want is somebody working with you. That's not happy working with you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it, I, so yeah, the 30 day thing I think is huge. I think also this is something that I, I look for in people now. I want people that are going to push me to be better and, and not like really actively like, like Bobby, you suck at this. Like you need to be a better boss or whatever, but people that are, <laughs> you know, that the people that have high standards for themselves and then like it forces you as a, as the owner of the company or manager or whatever forces you to make sure that you're on your stuff all the time too. Like Rachel is a perfect example because she's always like, she's got stuff for us to do. And it's like, Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. And it's not in a, like a pushy way or anything like that. It's just like, you asked me to do a project. So here are the things we need to get the project done. And it's like, you guys are not going to slow us down, which I like that. I think that's cool. And it's the same thing with my new assistant that I brought on for the money money man side of things. Like every morning I get this like crazy list of stuff. And it, you know, it's like, I gotta, I gotta do that. I gotta go through that list because we gotta get stuff done, but it makes it more fun for me for whatever reason. So I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if that's like a Bobby like, likes people bossing him around is what he's saying. Yeah. I just, man, I just feel <laughs> I like having like badasses, you know, like I like have people that yeah. go and get it done. And then they're like, you know, they're waiting for the next thing. And they're always like, Hey, what do we need to do next? Rather than waiting for me to like find more stuff to give them. And it's hard to find those people. And I feel like experience helps when you're, when you're making those hires. But like, I like that. I like somebody that's going to go get done and move things forward. Kind of like in spite of me sometimes, because yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. you own the business, you kind of slow things down. Unfortunately, that's just what happens, but I don't know. Yeah. We, uh, you know, and it's going back to Bobby and I had a, before the Rona, you know, yeah. we had this like meetup in Austin. We were planning to do these every quarter, just like these planning meetings. We spent a lot of time going like, okay, what do we want to achieve this year? What do you want the team to look like? What do we want the business to look like? And we spent a lot of time talking about like, these are the things we enjoy doing. These are the things that we don't want to do or we need to get somebody else to do. And I remember we were sitting there at that meeting and talking about the team. And we were talking about, you know, Rachel, who we've been talking about. And, and Aaron, who's on our team and really manages a lot of the blog kind of stuff. And we'll, we'll probably, maybe we should have done the episode <laughs> talking about who, who's on the team yeah. first in hindsight, yeah. but um, we'll talk about that next time. But, you know, Aaron was already on the team and we were looking for this person to kind of help get the launches going and, and shout out to our mastermind because you already talked about Natalie, but Alex really pushed us to like, that was something to get off of our plate and bring somebody on. Um, yeah. He helped us kind of make that that next jump in our business. So it's always great to have good people that are your peers that are in your corner and can uh, give you a nudge around them. But uh, we were in that meeting and talking about like what we wanted. And we were talking about who we wanted. And we had this picture of not just people that worked for us and like did things, you know, but like people that could at a future date be sitting at this coffee shop or around this table with us, you know, talking about the future of the business and helping us plan those kind of things. And, and we knew Aaron could do that because we could get on a call with her and she could give ideas and like do all these kind of things. And we were looking for that other person. And so we really were, and we knew there was a risk, you know, with Rachel or anybody else we brought on, if we brought somebody on at that level that they might go off one day and do their own thing, you know? And we just kind of decided we liked that kind of Gary Vee mentality of like, I want people that are so awesome and I'm just going to celebrate if they hit it big and go off and do their own thing, you know, but we want those kind of people that have the opportunity to do that on their own, to be working with us because that's how we're going to grow. And then we can just keep bringing in those people. So, so I think that's another thing is you got to think about what do you want? Like, who are you bringing on? And there's different there's all kinds of different people, you know, there's different kinds of roles. Like you might have people that are just 
doing tasks, you know, and you, or you might have somebody that's very involved in managing a part of the business or taking, you know, you've got contractors that are just video editing or mm-hmm. graphic design or whatever it may be. And so you just got to kind of look at whenever you need something like what is the kind of person you need and really think about that, you know, because there's, you know, with, we keep using Rachel as an example. So, but you know, when, when we were filling that position, we could have just found somebody that knows how to build a funnel and to connect automations and active campaign and Zapier and all these different things. But we wanted somebody that could contribute to ideas and help us develop products and content. You know, we didn't just want a technical connect the dots kind of person. Um, And I think part of hiring a rock star starts with knowing what you want and looking for somebody that has that particular skill set, you know, I mean, that, that's a big, that's a big part of it because you can hire somebody that's good, but they're not doing exactly what it is you want because you didn't know you hadn't taken the time to figure that out. And I think that's a big mistake that people make. You know, if you're, if you're hiring your first person and you just want a VA that, or, you know, an assistant that like checks your email and helps you do little busy tasks, you know, that's very different than if you're hiring your first person and you want your right hand man or right hand woman to really help you strategically with the business and to help you bounce ideas off, you know, that can still do, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I know people that have had both of those, you know, I have people that their assistant is like the most important, like that person could run the business. And then I've got somewhere it's like that person just, you know, does tasks for them, you know, to take them off their plate. So you really got to identify what do I need? Like, I think that's the first step to hiring the right person is what do I want, you know, them to do? What kind of personality do I want? Then you go out and find that person. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think one of the other big things that I think we've had some success with lately is hiring people that are in your brand, right? Like, so the last two hires that we made for LE, we brought them up from, they were students, right? So we talked about Rachel a million times, our ears are probably burning, but also Melanie. And so she's our community manager and she had been in our group. She was one of our students uh, or is one of our students. And we brought her kind of like moved her up from being a really good student in the group to the community manager. And it's made a huge difference in just, I don't know, the quality of the coaching group. Engagement. Engagement. And and like coaches are more active. We're more active. The students are more active. Like she's just totally changed. Well, and the upgrade of the culture and the metrics show it too. Like we had a, like engagement, like we have like this fancy analytics stuff that we use and like the engagement was high last month, like higher than it's been all year. And so it's just, you know, just it having those people that understand your brand and they know what you're about is really helpful. Now you can't always have people like that. You know, it's because sometimes there might just be somebody that's not like, you know, a student or a follower or whatever, whatever, but that's, it's an easy place to look for somebody that cares about what you're doing. Cause I think that's the cool thing is like, the team that we have at Laptop Empires now, like they understand what we do, they understand who we are, and they understand that we're trying to help people really change their lives with an online business. So it's like they're passionate about that because they've had their lives change. They've gone from like taking a leap of faith and buying our course or one of our courses to, you know, working from home full time and like living out what they wanted to do. And so they're kind of helping us reach more people and do the same thing. And I, I feel like it just makes the whole thing, I don't know, a higher level of, of quality when it comes to just like how you run the business and everything. It's been really cool. And I do the same thing with Millennium Money Man now, or at least I try. Like I've the last couple of hires that I've made have been people that followed the brand and that have been reading the blog for a really long time. Like that was a cool one in the interview process. 
that was a cool thing. It was like, okay, they get what I'm trying to do or they get what's, what it's about. And so they're more passionate about it. So it's just, I don't know. It's, and it's more fun. Well, I feel like too. To it helps you people. shape the vision too, because when you have people that are following your brand and you're like, here's where I want to go, you know, and that was a big thing we talked about. We wanted people to help us kind of shape the direction of it and figure out like, you know, products and things like that. And when they can bring the perspective of like, I am the audience, you know, and so I've gone through the programs, I've read the articles and listened to the podcasts and stuff. And then they can come in and say, you know, hey, if we did it this way, I, I wish you had done this because this is something I would like. Well, carries a lot of weight because that person has been through it as a consumer, you know, and now they're helping us as a creator to say, here's how we can make it better. Here's what we can add to it. And that's why we're developing, you know, new new products and new resources and different things because we're able to take kind of this internal feedback from people that we trust that have been very successful and they can say, this is what made me successful. Or this is what, it would have been really nice to have this. It could have made it, you know, successful even more quickly. But yeah, if you can bring in internally, you know, and we can, I've done that a lot of times. If you look at, I mentioned Alex at the beginning of the show, first guy I hired, he was the very first person to buy a Facebook ads course for me ever. <laughs> right. I had, I had another, uh, course that I probably sold like 30, $40,000 in just like general Facebook ads course before we launched Facebook side hustle. And he was the very first person to purchase it. And he used it to grow his fitness business at the time, grow his list, was writing emails, making sales, um, and was just an active student. So when I needed to bring somebody on, he wanted to learn more. He already knew how I did things. It made a lot of sense. You know, we've used a lot of, we have a lot of VAs, you know, from overseas, you know, the, the podcast and manage ads at my agency and, and do a whole lot of different things for us. Um, and so obviously they're not coming in from internal, but fantastic workers and do great work. So, you know, that, that's always an option too. Uh, but I'm trying to think like there's other people, I just feel like there's so many people that we've hired, you know, internally. Um, <laughs> yeah. and that's really, that's really worked well for us. I think the 30 day trial thing helps though, because yeah. you can make sure it's a good fit. You don't end up in a situation where you don't want to end up in a situation where you hire somebody that's a customer or a fan and then it doesn't work out and you kind of ruin that relationship. You got to be careful with that. So, I mean, that's kind of a potential downside. Luckily we haven't run into, but yeah, um, I think the 30 day trial helps with that. It does. And it, for the 30 day trial thing too, what I would say if somebody is listening and they want to do that, I would just make sure it's like very, very upfront. Hey, at the end of 30 days, we are going to like have a meeting, you know, or we're going to jump on and we're going to talk about this and discuss and make sure it's a good fit moving forward. Because I, and I think what you'll find usually, because this has actually happened a couple times now with me, like usually you'll, it'll end up being a good fit um, if it makes it to like week three or whatever. Uh, and things seem like they're going really well, but like we put it into our contract. We, mm -hmm. we give people a written contract. It's kind of like a contractor agreement. And just put the term in there, you know, this day we're going to decide. And if, you know, we decide it's not a good fit, either party decides it's not a good fit, then the contract is void. And then if we decide that it's, you know, verbally agree it's a good fit, then we just keep going. So I would try to get it into a contract if you can, just because it makes it a little bit more official. But I didn't do that. I didn't have contracts or anything like that when I first started hiring people. So, you know, it kind of. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have contracts for a long time. So you don't need to overcomplicate it. Because a lot of times when you first hire people, they're probably going to be a contractor. They're going to be part time. You know, they're not going to be like a full time employee. And so and right. you're, you're paying them to achieve a result to complete a task. You know, it's, uh, yeah. Do you have any? I'm trying to think if there's any other like tips. You know, we talked about hiring within. 
that 30 day period is huge. Any other tips for just like hiring like really great people? Well, have we, have we talked about hourly versus not hourly? Have we talked about hourly versus retainer? No, like pay? that's a good idea. That's I think idea. we should. That's something that I've had a lot of different experiences with so far. Like right now, I've got people hourly. I've got people on retainers. And I think that that does make a kind of big difference in the way that people work. And, and honestly, some people want different things. So a perfect example, like my operations manager is on a retainer, right? And the reason she's on a retainer is because things change a lot with the operations at Millennial Money Man. And on at Ellie, we have pretty much everybody on a retainer. But it's a little bit more flexible for kind of both parties because there's sometimes where it's like, hey, we need to do this new thing, you know, whatever. And so it just makes it a little bit easier and you can move a little bit faster, I feel like, um, sometimes when you have the retainer. But if you have somebody on a retainer for the wrong role, then you could be wasting money. So it, it gets into a weird thing. So like when we, we brought on this new assistant, we wanted to do hourly. And this person also wanted to do hourly. Like that was a thing we talked about, like, you know, how much do you want to be paid or whatever? And they wanted a specific amount per hour. And so that's actually worked out really well because she she does her hours and then she like she bails. But it's like like every day she's like she logs on, she does her hours, she logs off and she does the same thing in the evening. But it's been really good because we know exactly how much we're going to pay and she's comfortable with it, too. And it, it's like, you know, we don't I guess it, it, what I'm trying to say sometimes is sometimes like, you run the risk sometimes when you have somebody that's on a retainer that they're not putting in the work. Yeah, they're they're getting paid regardless. And so especially if it's something that's not like concrete, you know, they yeah. might just just not do it or do the bare minimum. Like there's this it's kind of like you think about if you look at somebody that's self-employed versus somebody who has a job. Like people don't work the whole entire time they're at work on the job. They don't. Nope. They no. surf the internet and talk to people and do other things. When, you know, like for us, like being self-employed, you know, when we work, we work because we just want to get it done and then go do other things. Like we're not trying to meet a certain amount of hours. So like the worst thing that we can do being self-employed is waste time, you know, like surfing the internet during our work hours, because then that means like if we do an hour of that, then that's like an hour less of like free time with the family. You know, and so whereas like your hours are set. So it's kind of similar with a retainer, right? Where if they have to do certain things, like they might drag their feet or or it might, they got to fill a certain amount of hours. It, you get that same kind, you can, not always, but like you can. So you got to be careful. Depends on what the role is. Like it's appropriate for some roles more than others. Yeah, I feel like an easy rule of thumb is to, it, like if you know that you don't have a ton of work or if you're concerned that you don't have enough work to fill up like, a lot of time and fill up a, a retainer's worth of um, of pay, then I would stick to hourly. And this is different than what I've done previously. But what we found out with the with my assistant role in the beginning, like first couple of weeks, it took a lot of time, right? Like to get a lot of the things done that we needed to get done. But then, like after that happened, we got to a point where she was literally like, "Hey, I need more stuff. Like I want more hours." And so then we were like, "Okay, cool." Like, and then we added on extra tasks that weren't originally in the scope, but they fit with what we were still trying to do. But that was a lot better than putting somebody on a retainer, especially when we had this like kind of like, I don't know how much work this is exactly going to be. And we don't know if we're going to be able to give them as much work as they want. Um, I feel like the hourly worked out really well there um, because we could have gotten in a situation where we were paying a lot of money 
And then like they didn't really have very much to do. And I think what happens in that situation is you get people that become non-engaged, right? Like if you're paying them a certain amount, but there's really nothing for them to do, like I feel like they're going to care a little bit less. And this is all kind of, this is an interesting, this is like an interesting part of hiring people because it's kind of a complex thing. Cause you're talking about like people doing what you're actually paying them for. And like some people won't do it and some people will. And it's like an awkward part of hiring people, I feel. But you know, and sometimes too, if you hire the right people, like over time, you know, like we've had, it's like the quality of the, the team gets better and better over time yeah. as like people come and go and, and you just get, you know, better and better people. But, you know, like, so for example, we, I use a lot of retainer stuff, but we do have hourly things. So, you know, we, and we have project-based stuff too, but I've found retainers work really well when you have something that's like a repeatable task that's happening, you know, all the time. So for example, video editing, right. Mm -hmm. You know, paying if it's like, Hey, we're going to need one video edited every month. Like just saying we pay this much per month works. And I don't care whether Carl, who's our video editor, I don't care whether it takes him three hours to edit or 30 minutes to edit. Like he's told me like, this is how much it should cost to edit a video of that length. Like we pay monthly and he can do as short or as long as he wants. Whereas if it was like hourly, like that, might be might be paying more, we might be paying less. I like it in that situation because now that person, that freelancer is encouraged to get the work done as quickly as they can, you know, whereas like when you're hourly, it might be take stretch it out, you know, not and he wouldn't do that in a lot of <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, yeah. Same with, you know, some of our full-time team members or the more active part-time ones, you know, we have them on a retainer because there are certain things that happen every week. So like, you know, the people at our agency, you know, the lazy agency, well, they do other things. They edit this podcast. They, uh, you know, help us with all kinds of stuff on the back end. You know, that is a monthly, you know, pay set pay because it's not based on hours. They're working like normal, like 40 hours a week. And, you know, they have a certain amount of tasks, but there's days where they don't have a lot. There's days when they have more, you know, it's just because it's so, the business changes so much. And so that works really well there. It'd be incredibly difficult to like keep up with the hourly thing. But if you're talking about an assistant, in some cases, like a, you know, a writer or a, uh, a digital, you know, a graphic designer, like that's a really good example. You know, it may make sense to do more to do hourly because you might have more work at one time and more than another. You know, I think graphics is a, is a really ex- a good example for us because we have some times where it's like we need tons of stuff and then we won't need anything, right. you know? So I think, I think that's a really important, you just have to kind of figure out like, is this, is this going to be consistent work that you need all the time? Is this, um, is this something you only need from time to time that might push you retainer versus hourly? And then it's like, how much work is it? Like you said, like that can have yeah. an impact, you know? And I think it's, it's personal preference too. Like I think you got to go. Yeah. Well, you can always move to a retainer after too, though. So like if you're, if you're in a situation where you're like, I don't know if I have a lot of work. Cause I think most, most of the time, most of the time in the online business world, most people are going to be hiring like a VA. The first thing they're doing, like I know Tanya, mm-hmm. our coach is going to be a uh, coach in the Facebook group is going to be hiring a VA soon. Um, so, you know, it's just going to be passing off things. You're not really sure how much time it's going to take. I, I do like the hourly model there, but you can always like one of our web developers that works with us, like we started kind of hourly with them and then it just was like, okay, retainer makes more sense. And he wanted a retainer anyway, right? So you'll kind of find that like some people 
you start them hourly and you're not sure you have a lot of tasks, but then it starts to become obvious like, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff for you. They might want to move to retainer anyway because it's easier for them. Uh, and it's, it might be cheaper like for you for retainer, but it's guaranteed work for them. Yeah. They know that yeah. that money, you know, is there every single month. You know, it's the same reason why, like, when we train students to be digital marketers, we tell them to do a retainer because mm-hmm. you get that client and you know, okay, next month I'm going to get paid this much. Right. And it adds consistency to your business. And so uh, a lot of people like that, but, but yeah, I think it's a great idea to, now I'm not recommending our students to start that way, but you know, it's, no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's when you're, bit. yeah, but if you're, if you're hiring people, you know, and you just want we'll bring up Rachel again, you know, cause we've already talked to her about her a bunch and she's a good example in this episode. You know, we hired her to do a project, actually two projects, like individually before Mm -hmm. we asked her to come join the team. And it was just, this is the project. And it was like a one-time kind of pay kind of thing. And so that can, that can work really well too. You know, like sometimes you just hire people project-based. We do that all the time, right? We hire a copywriter project-based. We hire a, you know, a video person project-based or uh, a comic book artist project-based. Like, (laughs) you know, there's, there's, you have that too. So, but I think it's definitely safer to test people out. I think that's like kind of the big, big I think that's where we're going with this. Yeah. Bringing them on that 30 day trial, a specific project, an hourly rate. It's good to test people out and see what their work is like and how quickly they work and what their personality is and how well, you know, they take your instructions, how much they bother you with questions, you know, like there's all these kind of different things. Yeah. And there's no there's no silver bullet. I mean, everybody's a little different. Everybody wants something a little bit different. So you need to you got to find the person that's right for you. Yeah, I think over like overall, when you're looking at this process, I think before you even hire anybody, I think you need to do a lot of just kind of internal reflection and go, what do I want my business to look like in my life to look like? And this is something we talk about on the podcast all the time. But I Something do think we talk about together all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have these discussions a lot because that's going to help guide you on like what kind of person you're going to hire and you know what you're going to have them do. Because I think a lot of business owners just wait too long. Like I know I waited too long to hire somebody. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you might not have. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I, I this was going to be my next point was that I feel like I set my business back an entire year. Cause I waited right. six months too long to hire my first person, even though I had people in my corner, like Gary and Tega and these people telling me like hire somebody, hire somebody. And I was afraid to, and then <clears throat> I set myself back even further by not giving them enough responsibility quickly enough. Uh, right. Cause I was afraid to let them do something because I knew I could do it better. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, you just got to sit down and go, okay, like, what do I want the business to look like? What, what do I want my, want my day to look like? And then once you start with that kind of baseline, then you can, then you can talk about all the other, like, okay, what tasks am I going to have them do? And what, you know, is it hourly or retainer or whatever? Um, but if you don't know what you're kind of going for, it makes it a lot harder. And I didn't, when I hired my first person, I didn't either. Like, I just knew I need, I was overwhelmed and I knew I needed something, but I didn't really know what. And I, I wish, I, I think I could have hired somebody probably about a, a year sooner to take off some little things from my plate. And then also I, I wish I had like sat down and like really thought about like what I wanted the business to look like. And I've done that more lately. So a lot of the stuff comes with experience, but, but I do think you need to have that baseline. But, and it's okay to hire an assistant to help you with various things and figure it out as you go. Like, I mean, that's your first one. It's, it's very different hiring your first person versus hiring people down the road. Like your first person is probably going to be a generalist and that's, Cool. And you can figure it out as you go. Just make sure you're clear with them. Like you're going to figure it out as you go and give them a general idea. The last thing I would, I would point, I would make, I had a conversation with Chris Rosakowski, 
you guys know from the show. About two weeks ago, we hopped on a call. We were enjoying some cigars and some bourbon, kind of celebrating him becoming a dad and some new, some big milestones he had in his business and just catching up. And he really wanted to talk about his new agency and he was bringing people on and these kind of stuff. And the big thing I told him at the end of this was like, hey, your plan to hand these certain things off to these people on your team, you know, over the next six months, I was like, make it happen over the next month because there's no reason that you can't. And that's the biggest mistake I made. It's the biggest mistake every agency owner I know and coach makes. Like the sooner you can start handing that stuff off, the better it can be. And I said, you know, somebody, you giving someone a project and them spending, like say it's a three hour project for you and you hand it off to them and they take however long it takes and they royally screw it up but then you're just correcting it for an hour, you've still freed up two hours for yourself and it's worth it. And um, I remember I went on vacation, I came back, I messaged Chris and I said, hey man, did you do it? Have you implemented the things that we talked about? And he's like, yeah, I've actually implemented this project, this project, this project. Awesome. He's done all of it. And I was like, dude, way to go. Because I was trying to be a good friend and like follow up with him <laughs> and give him a kick in the butt because I was afraid he wouldn't have implemented it yet. And he said, no, you scared me straight. Like I was afraid of like getting, you know, three months down the line and I'm paying people and I wasn't giving people. And he goes, now I know I'm going to give them this stuff and I'm going to be in such a better spot 30 days from now or three months from now for it. And so I was very happy that he took that plunge. And so I just challenge all of you, if you're hiring somebody, take the plunge, utilize that person. Don't be an idiot like I was and just have them and just drip them little things like give them more responsibility that they can hand than you think they can handle because you're always going to end up being surprised. And one of the other big things that I've learned, and I've learned this through watching my wife manage a Coca-Cola plant and 70 plus employees and all of the things that she's done over the years. Um, And then also through our team and my own team and just friends like when you give people more responsibility and you give people more opportunity, not only can they handle it, but they will be happier and more productive for your business, right? People want meaning in their life. They want responsibility. They want growth. And, you know, you got to make sure that they can handle it and that they're ready for it. But if you can give if you can give them a small opportunity and they do well with it, give them a big opportunity. Yeah. Totally agree with all that. Yeah. And just have fun with it too. I think uh, that's one of the the coolest things that I've enjoyed about growing a team. Cause I always thought I was going to be a solopreneur, mm-hmm. but being a solopreneur kind of sucks a little bit sometimes. Like what, like it gets lonely. It gets a little lonely. It doesn't suck, but it gets a little lonely. Um, now I have a lot of fun, man. Like I've already, the team I'm looking at my Slack while we're doing this, like the team is already like lighting the whole thing up and they're doing a lot of stuff right now. But we just try to have fun and not take everything too seriously, but we also try to get a lot of stuff done. And I think that's something we've implemented really well at LE. I think we've got a really cool culture and everybody likes each other and it's fun. And that's something that I've been trying to do at Millennium Money Man too. And I think just, you know, just trying to have fun makes it a lot better growing a business and it makes it more enjoyable for you as a business owner too. So a little side note. What, yeah. What's the point if you're not yeah. having a good time doing it? Like what's the point of creating your own thing the way you want to do it? If you create it in a way that it totally sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I never understood that. Of like, there's some business owners and they're like chasing more and more money, but they just freaking hate life. And it's like, well, you're the CEO, my friend. Like, <laughs> right. You establish that culture. You can change it. So, uh, build something that you enjoy. One hundred percent. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss another episode. Next week, 
I mean, unless we have a change of plans, I think next week we'll take you a little behind the scenes yeah, talking about like who's on the team, who are these people, who is Carl, who's Rachel, who's Melanie, who's Aaron, who's all these people that we've been talking about, who are, you know, uh, Catherine and May and, and Liza and Rachel, like all the people behind the scenes, Christopher, you know, we, there's a lot of cool people that work for us and we're excited to kind of talk about what they do, how it all works. Maybe it'll give you some ideas of what you can do in your business and what people can help you with. Cause I, I think that's like the big question, right? Like, well, if I hire somebody, like I don't have enough work for them, what would they even do? The reality is like, it's endless. It's endless. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit next episode. You've been listening to the laptop empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. 